Ron? Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Welcome today. So, <clears throat> today is Father's Day, right? Also Juneteenth, um, celebration of emancipation. Uh, in Texas, that's where I learned about Juneteenth when I was uh, a teenager living with my uncle who lives in Burleson, Texas, outside of Fort Worth. He, um, uh, I just, along came Juneteenth, and it's like all this holiday around and everything, and people had the day off, and I'm like, never heard of it, <laughs> you know? But um, that's uh, also what today is. But I'm going to concentrate on Father's Day. I actually claimed this, this day for a Dharma talk some time ago. So, uh, not that I'm going to do, deliver anything too earth-shattering, but I just wanted to take the opportunity. So um, I'm going to tell you the story of dad, of my dad, basically. Now, <clears throat> the story of my dad is uh, basically somebody who really last saw when I was six years old. You know? So I'm 65 soon, soon, soon to be 65. And um, <clears throat> that was um, traumatic, <laughs> to say the least, you know. And when I say that, it was um, because of divorce. And so my mom and dad split up at age six. I had a baby brother who was basically just born, Aaron. He's six years younger than me. And he um, left us, went back home to, to Illinois. We were living in Southern California at the time. And one of my lingering memories, and I don't have a lot of memories from childhood other than not so good ones, you know. This isn't a big sob, sob story either, okay? It's just my story. <laughs> and emphasis on story, you know. Because in this very moment, what do you have? <laughs> you know, you have stories of things, you know. You don't have the actual thing happening. You have stories of them, of those things happening. And, you know, whatever uh, content, you know, whatever pattern that you've committed to interpret in terms of interpreting those stories, you know, whatever you've done in your mind to identify with those stories, that's what you have right now. So, the, one of the lingering memories I have is the three of us, my mom, my brother, and, and, and I, you know, accompanying dad to the train station and him with his suitcase it's like something out of a movie you know one of these you know melodramatic uh, movies from the oh, the 60s i don't know <laughs> you know that's when it happened in the 60s <clears throat> so him you know all six foot two of him in his suitcase you know climbing up onto the train and i don't remember him turning around and waving or anything he just like walked on got on the, the train and off he went and so that's what I recall. The other, another memory that I have, though, uh, was kind of a, a screwy memory in a, in a way, was <clears throat> he learned to, to drive um, late in life, later in life. And I remember him teaching me how to drive at age, like, five, I guess it was, <laughs> or something like that. Put me on his lap. You know, we were probably in a parking lot or something, uh, you know, some sort of semi-safe space, you know. <laughs> And um, had me on his lap and just, just 
this, you know, you want to turn right, you got to go like this, son, and do this, you know. And he was controlling the, the, the brakes and, and gas and such. So I remember that, and I also remember thinking, you know, this, is this a good idea? <laughs> you know, should we be doing this? And I distinctly remember him saying, don't tell mom. <laughs> you know? So those are the kinds of memories that I have. So we were the three of us now, just a one parent family, uh, uh, just my mom and the, the two brother and I. And growing up in, in that kind of an environment. And it was turmoil. In my case, it was turmoil. It doesn't have to be that way for anybody, really. I mean, but that's what I think of it as, as turmoil, because <clears throat> we moved around a ton, you know, all over Southern California, basically. And um, I ended up attending 13 different grammar schools before finally putting my foot down in high school and saying, you know, we did move again in high school, and you know, I was you know, bound to go to another school after that. I said, you know what, no, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go to Washington High and, and graduate from Washington, Washington High, and that's it. And we even moved again before that was, a, I was, things were done in Washington High. I might have ended up at another school, who knows. <clears throat> but I did get my way in. I attended all four years there. And that was sort of the beginning of me making my attempt to undo some familial karma, if you will, what I, what I consider it to be. And there's, you know, another thing uh, with that is, you know, making this commitment to, to do things in a way that didn't follow what I considered to be the negatives in life. And in reality, I'm probably just following my own nature anyway. I didn't want to do a, you know, move around and, and whatnot. So I wanted to stay put. <clears throat> and I see that more so in, in my adulthood. You know, a lot of I have family members that like to, to move around. My brother is itinerant. He like, is an English teacher online, and he goes from country to country because he can do whatever he wants and doesn't have to live in a certain spot, you know? I forget where he is. He's in, like, um, Montenegro or something right now. <laughs> and so that was just, just me. And during this um, period of time, you know, I had multiple men coming into our lives, my life, that uh, were either potential stepfathers, or my mom did get married, and they were a stepfather. And I know that she was trying to, to fill that void to some degree, you know, trying to find that answer. And to me, you know, thinking back, you know, that was fine and dandy, but I didn't want a father, I wanted my father, you know. I think that's what any child really wants. They want, you know, <clears throat> you know, unless you... That biological father is a jerk, you know. You want that father, you want that parent. And I recall one time we were living, my mom was real sick. She was in the hospital with pneumonia for a number of weeks, actually. And digging through some of our belongings, we were staying with um, her boyfriend's family at the time. And 
we had our boxes, our belongings in the garage, and I was fumbling through and looking at things, just keeping busy. <clears throat> and I found a, a postcard for my dad, you know. And in that postcard, he's, you know, said, I love you, son, you know, I'll keep in touch, you know. The only problem was this was um, age eight, after having not seen him, you know, since you know, his leaving at six. And the next time I heard anything about dad at that point, from that point on, was at age 15, <clears throat> when I learned that he um, had died in a head-on collision, you know, and that he had gone back into the service and was basically a, a career um, a soldier. And it's just crazy, you know. There wasn't a lot of emotion with attached to learning about that. I just, you know, it was, uh, you know, just my story of dad. That was it. And and then the other different <clears throat> traumatic events involve, evolve, involving other other men in my life and whatnot. <clears throat> now. At some point, of course, I grew up, I went to college, did my thing there, <clears throat> found a woman, got married, we had a child, I had my son, you know. And it was just, we all know, I mean, if you've had children, you know, I can only imagine, you know, what your experience was. I know mine was like freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, this is something, you know, this little, bit of me, you know, no longer, you know, bound in my skin, but out there in the world, you know. <clears throat> and Taylor was born, and he has uh, been, you know, an amazing uh, person to know and to watch grow up and to see what he's doing today and to be part of him, and be part of his life and have him be part of mine. And my commitment to him, in my mind, you know, <clears throat> He's going to go to one school, <laughs> you know. And are these the right answers to this, to this problem that I was experiencing? I don't know, you know. Maybe he would have benefited by going to other schools, you know. But he went to one school, within one school system, Clawson um, Schools, went to Kenwood and went to um, Clawson High and Junior High, or Clawson Middle School. And my other commitment was he would be have one dad his whole life, and that was going to be me, you know, barring, you know, Ill, you know events, <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> he was, uh, I was his dad, I'm still dad to him, and I take pride in that, in that I um, undid that knot, you know, I untied that knot in his life, the potential for him to have, to have gone through what, what I went through. Now, you know, what do we do <clears throat> with our conditions? You know? So if you've grown up in a single-family home, maybe you came up with your formula, with, you know, my formula. <clears throat> one dad, one school, one, one house, you know, just staying put. You know, or maybe it would be this, you know, say, well, we moved around a lot, so heck, that's what I do. We move around a lot, you know. That's what I don't know anything different. You know, if you grow up in a, a violent home, this is often what what people are, you know, what we're told. <clears throat> you know, of course I beat my kids because 
that's what I learned. That's what you do. That's how I was brought up. You know, I can't help it. That's my, my um, inclination is to do that. And if you grow up around drinkers, you'll go, well, of course I'm an alcoholic. You know, look at what I was brought up in. You know? <clears throat> but you could also be like, of course I don't beat my kids. You know? I don't want them to go through the kind of stuff that I had to go through. You know, of course I don't drink. You know, my parents were alcoholics. That was terrible. I don't want to have you know them to my children or me to. I don't want to be part of that. <clears throat> so it's a. You know, either way isn't wrong or right. You know, it's just you have choices in a sense. So that was my formula, my way of untying this this karmic knot. Now, and I looked through this morass, you know, this, what is probably, you know, me living with PTSD and not knowing it, you know, but um, I look through this and I think, um, you know, where's the Dharma in this, you know, where's the Dharma? And so I want to read you a little super duper short poem out of this little book here. It's just like a coffee table book, really. <clears throat> so it's a, a Zen Father's poem, Zen Father's Day poem. <clears throat> so green mountains father white clouds. White clouds are the children of mountains. White clouds hang around all day. Mostly the mountain doesn't mind. You know? To me, that was a joke. You know, it was like the kids around all freaking day. I don't mind, I guess. <laughs> you know? So mostly the mountain doesn't mind. There are times maybe you do mind, you know. Now, so everybody's born, you know, and everybody has parents. But for how long and to what end, you know, and to what effect in your life? So <clears throat> In researching all this, I, I found different um, Theravada texts, you know, and um, Pali texts and, and whatnot that could pertain to being a parent, being a father and such. But I thought, <clears throat> in, in really looking at things, the one thing that really gives us a way to, to deal with life and to deal with what's, what's going on are the five remembrances. <coughs> Excuse me. So, are we some of us familiar with what that is, the five remembrances? It's just um, part of, I can't remember the, the, the name of the sutta, Upanijata Jana Sutta, something of that nature. But in any case, <coughs> it's something that to be recited by clergy, bhikkhunis, bhikkhus, by um, householders, men or women, you know, it's not designed to be just for the for the noble ones, the monks and such. So let's put our hands in hapjong. I'm going to I'll recite the five remembrances that are in the the book that we clergy are given when we ordain and such as. <clears throat> I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. 
I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. All that is dear to me and everything I, everyone I love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. And lastly, my past and present actions are my only heritage, my only cause for being, my only kin, and my only protection. Whatever actions I do, good or bad, I shall become their heir. And so ends the five remembrances. <clears throat> and so you recite these to yourself, to yourself every day, and, and to the ethers, the universe. It's number four and five that give us, give me some breathing room in terms of dealing with this whole fatherhood things, you know, how to manage the despair. <clears throat> There's a line in um, uh, A Christmas Story, you know, where, I don't know if you know, uh, what's the kid's name again? Yeah. You know, the kid in, in A Christmas Story. Rock. Ralphie, Ralphie, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Rocky or Robbie, and I'm not saying it, Ralphie, Ralphie. <clears throat> he's got glasses on and he's got his walking cane, you know, and his parents are saying, what led you to this, this lowly state? You know, soap. He had been told by his parents to, to wash his mouth out with soap too often. and He became blind in his older years. And, you know. <clears throat> Now you say, what led you to this lowly state? <laughs> you know, so how do you deal with being in this lowly state of of uh, uh, somebody who grew up without a father? You know, the drama that entail that goes along with that. <clears throat> I'd say it's um, number four and number five of the five remembrances, and it's not. You know, to me, it's utter compassion. Somebody telling you the truth. You know, this is how it is. You know. It's not personal. It's just this is how things are. <clears throat> All that is dear to you and everyone you love are of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. You may be separated at birth. You know, kids go up for adoption. You know, parents die in, in childbirth. Who knows? <clears throat> you know, or it can happen later in life. You know, that you're separated, but at some point you will be separated from, from them, your parents, and everyone else, for that matter. And then number five, my past and present actions, you know, your past and present actions are your only heritage, the only cause for your being. <clears throat> They're your only real kin. They're your only protection. So whatever actions, good or bad, I shall become their heir. You shall become their heir. So, whatever you cultivate in terms of actions, whether it's good cultivation or bad cultivation, that's what um, can give you peace or contribute to your pain and, and, and dukkha, you know, your suffering. So, therein lies how we can manage this despair, you know. So what we think, say, and do determine whether we live at peace or not, you know. <clears throat> and one way that, it, here's a, a re 
my reminder to me about this think, saying, and doing thing. When I bow, you know, I do this little way of causing me to remember things, you know, the mind, body, and speech. You know, everything that I do is generated here, is acted out, is spoken, you know. So mind, body, and speech. You know, mind those things. Be aware of those three elements of you. <clears throat> now, I haven't settled on how to deal with this whole traumatic growing up without a father thing, you know. You know, I know <clears throat> in dealing with this, in, in um, going over and studying and researching, you know, this Dharma talk and, and how to, to present it and stuff, I've unearthed things, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> you know, I've got a lot to work on, you know. And I can spend, you know, the next, you know, the last years of my life in, in working on that. And I most likely will. I don't want to kind of to pretend that it's it's not there. I don't want to pretend that it's not not real, you know. The five remembrances are a way of saying, you know, don't turn away. You know, look at life. You know, look at these things. Don't turn away from them. You know, you're, you're going to grow old. You're, you're going to get sick. You know, and one day it's going to be real sick. <clears throat> and, you know, at some point you will have to experience death. And at that point, all these things that you have attached to, you know, all these, you're going to let go. You're going to become completely free. Completely free of all this stuff. You know? So, in my, you know, in looking at, um, in my professional field of, um, you know, being a nurse and dealing with um, death and dying in that experience, you know, I've come to see, you know, when people die, it's just this complete letting go, you know. They're just, you know, <clears throat> the body lets go, the mind has to let go. Everything is just given back in a way. So the other way that you can work on this stuff is to recall your meditation, you know, however, whatever it is that you do in meditation. If it's breathing focused, which is what I do, you know, all you have is this in-breath and out-breath. You know, from birth to death, that's all you, that's it, <laughs> you know, in-breath, out-breath. And so you look at, at, at this in-breath and out-breath and focus on that, you know. Despite whatever <clears throat> trauma and, and things and thoughts that you're thinking, you know, you realize the, the, <clears throat> the cloud-like nature of, of your thinking, of your thoughts, right? Things come, they go away. Just like clouds. Although for that mountain, those clouds hang around all freaking day long. You know? That's the way it is in China in the mountains. You know, those clouds are always there. Uh. <laughs> <You know? clears throat> so, but they're always changing too. So, if you can wet, you know, how you weather this storm in, in your mind um, and you realize, you know, that there's this cloud-like nature of your thoughts even these bad thoughts, even these traumatic thoughts that somehow make you relive your, your, your trauma, 
it's still coming and going. It's coming and going, just like breath. So you settle on that. You say, you know, there's the five remembrances. There's also you know, focusing, just focusing. <clears throat> so I want to end. Another poem from this book. <clears throat> I didn't work really hard, you know. One one poem's on this page, and the other poem's right on the next page. So hey, <clears throat> so clouds appear free of care, and carefree they drift away. But the carefree mind is not to be found, found in quotes. To find it, first stop looking around. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.